thanks uh, tom uh, for giving me opportunity to interview you for my youtube channel and podcast oh it's my pleasure nice to meet you so i thought to tell about uh, you and the work that you are doing to my audience sounds good so can you please introduce yourself oh, to my sure. audience <laughs> sure Um, so my name is is Tom Schaefer. I'm a co-founder and CEO of of a company called Float Left Interactive. Uh, that was we founded the company in 2009, and the company builds TV applications for media companies. So uh, just to put it plainly, when you have, I'm sure most of your most of your audience probably has ha- has some device that's connected to their television or a smart TV. Uh, where they can access Netflix and various other channels that are that are available or, or TV apps, and so our company builds those apps for the media companies. And that was how we got started. We got started working with Roku. Uh, this is yeah, this was like mid to late 2009 when they were just getting started, and uh, they didn't have any sort of um, there was no channel store, there was no way to really build any apps, but we had gotten in there. because of my prior experience as a uh, as an engineer at a at a financial company they were starting to get into Roku and then we got into that I had a, I just started Float Left maybe maybe a month before that and and we were doing basically web applications so Float Left is a is a is a you know is a play on the Float Left CSS property for web designers out there so that's how we came up with the name and I've gotten asked about that a lot over over the the course of our of our existence but anyway um and then we 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 pivoted once Roku started to open up their um their their development platform and allow people to put channels into that ecosystem we were the first ones to get into that and start doing that and then you know the kind of the floodgates opened and this was really before streaming television became popular it was really early and there was maybe maybe us and and a handful of other um independent engineers or developers working on it but there was no company that was dedicated to doing that and so float left was really the first company that I'm aware of maybe one other company that had been in the industry working on some other uh other tech for for these um for like TV manufacturers but we were really the first company that were was doing any kind of formal development for Roku and then Roku started and then there was the boxy box and then there was another device called the pop popcorn hour and then that those devices went away and then it was uh Apple TV the first iteration of the Apple TV and and then then Google TV and then it's just been going on and on and on and then there's this evolution of all these different devices but there's never been a cohesive way or a, a single method for developing one time and getting it to all these different devices so the 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 engineering challenge has always been how do you build a a consistent think about Netflix when you when you watch Netflix whether it's on your mobile device or your smart TV or anything you have the same experience you you know what to expect so that's what the brands wanted from us it's like hey we know that there's 12 platforms out there but we want you guys to build something that looks the same for every single platform and so that was the real challenge back in in it still is today actually it's still really a difficult thing to do so um and that's why the industry in our in our space is unique because there's app development right and if you build an app for one platform you know that has its own life cycle and everything but when you build an app for 12 platforms or 15 platforms it becomes a whole another animal it becomes exponentially more complicated so but yeah so that's that's what flow left and we've we've been doing that for you know for 12 years so uh, you are from excuse me you you are from i where am i from yeah so i am originally from philadelphia Born and raised in Philadelphia, spent most of my life there. Uh, went to college in in Philadelphia. Went to Drexel University in college. So any Philly people out there, shout out to Drexel. Um, and then uh, moved to Florida to pursue an aviation career that 
didn't really get off the ground to, to use a terrible pun. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I went to school, I went to a, a school, an aviation school for a while, got some ratings and, and, uh, and all that, but I never was able to kind of ran out of financing. I was never able to get all of the ratings that I needed to make a career out of that. And so I had a, um, I graduated with an information systems uh, slash computer science degree from Drexel. And then um, I leaned on that when I, when the aviation career didn't pan out, I went into, uh, you know, dove head first into my technology background and, and started working, um, you know, as a software engineer, but, but it all started in Philadelphia. So before before starting this company, uh, you worked already in the tech industry for for quite a long time. I was always involved in technology. Even in high school, I was building PCs, and so that that led to working as a technician at various uh, pharmaceutical companies, other uh, other types of uh, financial industry. I was working primarily as a as a support technician, and then and then yeah, after college. Um, I had uh, so I was always in, involved in technology. That's just always my background. It started with hardware and and, and devices and support of of the hardware, and then I got into software after college. But yeah, I've always been involved in in the technology industry. So twelve years back, what made you to uh, 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 put your mind mind on what whatever you are doing now? Um, well, I would say you know I think I, I think of myself first as an entrepreneur. And I didn't realize that I was an entrepreneur until, I guess, maybe later on in my life. But then when I started Float Left, I realized, like, wow, like, this is definitely something that I've always wanted to create my own company. I had admired, there was a handful of companies that I had looked up to um, that I really admired their culture. And and then I decided, you know, yeah, I want to build a company like that. And so that's kind of how I got started. But but yeah, I think um, I think I've always just thought of myself as an entrepreneur. And even as a kid, getting you know, getting groups organized and taking um, taking initiative and getting people rallied around. Whether it's uh, primarily, I did a lot of sports, um, organized sports and things like that when I was young. So that that had a that was really my start of it. But yeah, when I got into my professional life, I realized that there's things that I want that I wasn't getting in my jobs, and so I felt like, hey, I have an opportunity here to maybe create my own culture my own company and do things how i want to do things so what what is that uh, uh, thought that made you to uh, uh, create something that is not existed before well um i mean if i'm being honest i think we 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 got really lucky in the early days of flow left because there was i didn't really i wasn't a streaming i wasn't interested so much in streaming media at the time and it was just through my work, my existing job that I was working as a software engineer for this financial company that I kind of backed into it. There was this opportunity that came up where it just became, it was so obvious. And, and I realized that, you know, that's not a common thing. And it's also not a common thing to, to be so early in a, in a market that is emerging, you know, an emerging market. Um, but yeah, I think we recognized pretty early on, like, wow, this thing with streaming and digital media is going to be huge. And but, you know, if I if I if I told you that I had this grand vision back then and, and I, I'd be lying to you, it was more of a um, being a lot of it was being in the right place at the right time with the right people and just recognizing the opportunity and, and just saying, hey, let's just let's just go all in on this. And. I've actually talked a lot about the idea, and I had no business experience, none at all. And I, I, I actually think later on that 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 gave me an advantage because I think if I knew what I was getting into, I think I may not have. <laughs> I think I would have been a little bit more hesitant or timid, or maybe I would have thought like, "Hey, I need to get more information." Or, but we were just so we were naive. We had no idea what we were doing, and we just went all in with everything. And I think that that really helped us get through the challenging times because we just didn't know what to expect. You know, we didn't know what to be fearful of. So I think that that was, you know, but it was all it was a combination of all those things that allowed us to 
start it and then accelerate through and, and make make some things happen in the early days. So uh, creating application which may, which helps the, uh, uh, the, the the company that the television uh, uh, to reach uh, 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 I mean television applications the the streaming applications to reach all other devices. Yes. While, uh, all other devices. Uh, have you ever thought that uh, this is too tough to understand and to create? Yes. <laughs> like, like every every week we we go through a period of time where we're saying, why do we sign up for this? Uh, it's torture sometimes. So, no, but I mean, I think that that's what makes any any venture worthwhile is if it was easy that you know, everybody would be doing it. And so we, and we had such a, a, a jump start on the industry back in the, in the early days that we felt like, well, we've got all this momentum, you know, we can't stop now. But I, I, I for sure, I, I mean, there were times where I had just written about this recently where I thought I could probably count on, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe a dozen times or so over the course of our, our existence where I thought, man, this is it. This is the end of the road. We, it was a good run. Hey, it was, it was fun while it lasted, but we're done. That's it. We're finished. And then somehow like at the 11th hour, something happens and we, we continue on and it's, it's, and then you get a little bit stronger and you get a little bit better through those experiences, but absolutely had so many times of, of doubt of the company, my own self-doubt, my own imposter syndrome that I always suffered with. Like, what am I doing? I, I you know, I, I don't know what I'm doing. This is this is not good. And and I think like, again, I think it would be, I, I, I definitely believe that, you know, I would have been better served if I had better advisement and better guidance in the early days. But again, I think that there's something to be said about not having that and just being so bullish and believing in and having this, and I read this other day, a really great phrase, this stupid optimism about, you know, and I think that that's really like, if you had to pick a superpower that an entrepreneur needs, I think it's just to have an absurd amount of optimism and, and just being able to just power through the really hard times. You know, that's the only thing that you can get, that's the only thing that you can do to, to power through the tough times. So understanding the connectivity between hardware and software, how much time it took for you to understand it uh, in different devices? So, you know, it's interesting. It's there's it's an ongoing process. It's never a uh, you never really land anywhere and say, OK, we've got it figured out. So, uh, you know, the the industry is evolving. Um, the, the streaming companies want more things. So I would say that, you know, uh, in the early days, you know, 2009 through maybe 2013, we were able to, to stay on top of it a little bit better. You know, we were able to be a little bit more proactive. But in the last few years, the industry is moving so fast that it's really impossible for any of us um, in the industry to really be ahead of it, be ahead of the curve. So I think the best that you can do is, is you know, understand where you where you best serve customers. And then say, okay, like, like in order for us to best serve customers, we need to, we don't need to know everything, but we need to know this, this, this sort of framed, you know, sort of um, knowledge base here that we can, that we can rely on and have a, and have it be repeatable. Um, if that makes any sense. So, but it, it's a, it's again, it's a moving target. It's never something that like any, no, no company really goes, oh man, yeah, we've got it. We've got it now. It's always like, uh, all right, what's next? And you keep moving. Uh, which means uh, you create an application with which uh, users can, users from different, uh, users of different devices can uh, use the applications in that application that you are providing uh, uh, very easily. Yep. Yeah. So we we build everything from the interface and the authentication methods. If you if you're if you're a paying subscriber, if there's subscription um, uh, part of that, if there's a subscription service as part of that, we build that as well. We work with other companies to bring some of that technology together. Um, but yeah, we 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 work really hard to make sure that the that the user experience. I mean, I, I guess if if I had to categorize where we spend the most time, it would be in the user experience or the customer experience. So making sure that they have an easy way of finding the service, 
because there's now just almost like endless numbers of streaming services out there. So we, we work with the companies to make sure that they can be found and discovered fairly easily, that when customers log in and start to watch, that they, they can do that very easily. Um, and navigating and finding the content and searching for content, working with other companies to provide accurate and, and timely recommendations for them while they're um, looking for something to watch. It's all part of it, you know. So we, yeah, we spend a lot of time on that. So, so in this 12 years, uh, uh, what do you understand about uh, the user experiences that you hear? Well, I mean, I think, I think it goes for, I think it goes without saying that, that, you know, patience, people's patience is, is very, is very limited nowadays. Everything's moving so fast. So anything to do with getting a person to the content that they want to watch as quickly as possible is the most important thing. And what's interesting and somewhat ironic about what we're doing is, you know, we spend a lot of time on, again, the user experience and the, the interface, but the best interface is really the one that is the least in your face. And it's, 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 you know, I think sometimes brands get caught up in, we have to have this, this all these bells and whistles and this fancy user interface but what's what's actually happening is they're creating a lot of barriers to getting someone from point a to point b as quickly as possible and so as you know obviously the app has to be be beautiful in terms of how it looks uh you know the animations if you're going to have animations make them be smooth you want to have a low latency you know you don't want to be sitting and waiting for a spinner to load and then finish so you can get your content but so so all that all that comes into play and you know accurate thumbnails even like just the thumbnails themselves are so much thought and attention that goes into is this a thumbnail like if somebody's looking at this thumbnail is this is this an accurate representation of what this the show or the movie is things like that like there's so many things that you don't think about um, that all factor into the, the the overall experience but again the the bottom line is that you know, if you can do that with the least amount of steps uh, and 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 barriers to getting to the content, that's that's a, that's what everybody needs. That's what that's the that's the big win. Uh, do uh, all all the applications that are there in your application uh, have the same way of uh, uh, doing things? Great question. So when we started, we were doing we were primarily a what we call professional services business. In other words, a company could come to us and say, "Hey, I, I, you know, we've got this this grand vision of this thing that we want you to build for us. Can you go build it?" And we would, you know, we would go and do that within this within this environment, of course. But as we started to, as the business started to mature and the industry started to mature, we realized, like, okay, we need some sort of a uh, call it a Netflix in a box kind of solution. Right. So it's going to have I don't want to I wouldn't even call it limitations. It has parameters. It has boundaries around it. In other words, like rather than spending six months on building something, we can deliver something in 30 days to a client. Um, but they are going to have to adhere to a template, more of a template approach to to that. And we developed a product called Flycast a few years ago that serves that 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 demand. So, so, so to answer your question, it didn't start, it didn't always start that way, but it evolved into a product offering that had very defined features and 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 a look and feel and everything to it. So, how many users you have? Oh man, across uh, well, we so we've deployed hundreds of applications over the years. Um, a lot of those, some of those have have been um, migrated into other brands, but I mean, I would say. Millions, I mean, tens of millions of users using, um, possibly even more than that, using our, our 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 applications out there. So, have you ever felt uh, very tough? Because a uh, lot of people, when you started, uh, it was zero. You don't have a a, a business experience. Now, uh, the thought that you implemented reached everywhere, and uh, you're being the owner of uh, that creation. Um, I'm, I think I understand the question. Can you rephrase it for me? I'm not sure um, I'm following. 
be- before coming into this before starting the business mm-hmm. uh, you have no business experience right now now after starting it uh, it reached everywhere your thought reached everywhere mm. and uh, you made things possible so how is this feeling oh uh that's a great question too um it's amazing it's the it's the it's the greatest experience i've ever had in my life other than you know my children being born um maybe maybe being married it's uh having a family i should say it's uh, it's the greatest thing i've ever could ever experience it's it's so rewarding and you know if you think about people that are creators you know if you think about someone who's a creative person i think that building a company is the greatest form of creative expression that you can have you are it's just the canvas is huge and there's different dimensions to the canvas um when you're when you're building it but it's um yeah it is the it is the greatest experience of my life yeah and and you know what no, i mean i i can say that now as as the, the business has been successful but i think there's even i think even in in the darkest times i knew that we were doing things that were hard and it it still felt good that we were kind of going through that you know i mean it, it doesn't always have to be like rainbows and unicorns and celebrating all the time i mean even even in the hard times that you're you know that you're growing that you're learning that you're getting better and you, you just feel like okay now after that terrible experience that we've just had i can take all of that energy and focus in into us being better for the next quarter or the next year or whatever. So the whole thing, even the, even the certainly the wins, but even the losses that we've had, and, and there's been a lot of those. I wrote about this recently where there's been so many, so many failures, so many pivots over 12 years, just hitting a wall and going, well, that didn't work. Okay. And let's just move on and try something else. And then finally you figure things out. And even in that process, I feel like it was, it's so gratifying to to have gone through it and have then become better out of that. So, what do you understand uh, the 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 connection between technology and business? Um, I would say that any company that exists today needs to be a technology business. At the end of the day, um, it's a every company needs to be technology enabled. If you're not a technology company, I mean, I would certainly say like in the streaming space, for sure, all the companies that are producing content and going straight to the consumer on these devices are technology companies. They're technology companies sort of, you know, concealed by the media, but everything that they do is is driven by technology. And so it's it's essential, it's critical. So how many countries are using your app? Well, so we're we're primarily based, um, all the media companies that we service are primarily in the US, but we do have a lot of, inter, um, not a lot, we, we have a good chunk of our businesses international, European uh, companies that are, are using our service. Actually in India, we had, um, especially years ago, we were doing a lot of uh, services that were providing Bollywood, um, Bollywood content and and we were doing that a lot, actually. So there's a fair amount now uh, that are that are you know using our our services. So before 12 years, uh, how many uh, with how many devices you started, and uh, today how many uh, devices you uh, went? So another great question. Yeah. So we we started with one device, one one model, one you know one uh, one device on the Roku. And then it's, if you count, so there's the way that we look at it is there's device classes. Like you have, again, Roku, Apple, Amazon Fire TV, smart TVs, mobile devices. But within that class of device, you have, I mean, there's dozens of different models potentially that we support. Now with our product, we've limited the number of versions just because, you know, we're not going to go and service devices from five, six, seven years ago that no one has. But yeah, I mean, the, the amount of permutations that you can have, it's, I mean, 30s and 40s, I mean, in the 50s pro- probably, the number of actual devices and, and the variances that are that are getting 
software delivered to it or getting an app deployed on it. We, but again, it's not like we have to do 50 of those, but you know, we'll, we'll build, we'll, we'll build maybe, maybe one or two versions of an app and then that will get deployed on a, a variety of different models. But it's really, it still is really a challenge because I mean, testing, uh, quality assurance testing, which we do ourselves is very, very time consuming and pro troubleshooting those issues when you have a specific problem on one model only of a device makes it really, really hard to try to figure that out, like what could be causing that issue. So even though, you know, the build is maybe, maybe it's one build for eight different models, device models, you're still doing a lot of quality assurance testing on each of those and, and problems can come up there that have to get, have to get fixed before they get deployed. So it's, it's a, it's definitely, Definitely a tricky business. So hiring people, uh, what uh, they need to have in order to uh, do uh, uh, for uh, giving the quality service to the users. So um, we, you're talking about for empl uh, future employees. Yeah. So, I mean, the bulk of our team is is made up of, I mean, software engineers and project managers, operational type folks. And for, I mean, anybody right now that has any exposure to what we call, again, OTT or, or, or connected TV is gold. I mean, they're just highly valuable folks right now. Um, I would say that, the, you know, just a, a strong background in I think it's hard for junior people um, to come in and 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 it's just the uh, the the potential learning curve is is challenging and there's a reason for that. But like for our for our for Float Left, what we've done is created a an architecture so that it's 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 easier for for newer engineers that don't have a ton of experience to come in and get up to speed fairly quickly. But I think like any any good solid uh, computer science or technology you know, degree, I don't think a degree is required, but I think it, I think it helps to give you just sort of a, a broader, uh, a broader scope of the technology that we're working with. Um, and just really good foundational programming and, and engineering principles. So like, you know, anybody that comes in with like C, a C plus plus or a Java background from a, from a, uh, an onboarding perspective, those folks tend to adapt really well and, because because what I'm getting at is everybody has to learn something new. Like there's no there's no there's very few situations where these engineers or other folks are coming in from another environment and are just able to just hit the ground running. Everybody needs some time to get adapted to, you know, the environment, how to build apps for these devices, the nuances of each device. Like like something that you could do on the web, you can't do on a device. You know, there's limitations, and so learning all that takes some time. But I mean, it's really just about someone's willingness to learn. You know, as long as they have a good foundation, if you're hungry and wanting to learn, I think they'll do they'll do fine. So how many applications are there in your app? How many apps have we pushed out over the Yes. Um yeah. it's it's gosh, um we've <laughs> we've actually tried to figure this out. So there's there's apps that are like live in market. Um, over the years since the beginning, it's it's hundreds, um, probably a few hundred. And then there's like all the we've done a lot of um, uh, apps that aren't like live public, but are being used for other other purposes. Um, some of them are just test channels or so. But I mean, I would say in total, I mean, it would have to be hundreds of of um, TV apps out there. Yeah. So uh, also uh, another question is uh, uh, connecting with your uh, app. Uh, all these applications have a different way of reacting and different way, uh, uh, way of uh, 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 making things uh, because different yeah. people from different countries will use uh, in different times and different time zones. It's, it's, it's very tough for you to analyze, understand uh, uh, how it's going on and you are using those apps uh, in your uh, application so how how good uh, you uh, are in connecting those apps with your app application i mean that's that it's an extremely um accurate point.
point that you just made. I mean, then that it's ultimately what makes it really difficult is again, it's not just the the devices and the number of models, but it's like where yeah, where are you in the world? Uh, how are you using it? What's your internet service like? Um, I mean, there's so many problems potentially. So I think I think ultimately what happens is there's just no there's no um, there's no substitute for if if like if I were giving someone uh, if I were giving someone some feedback about you know getting into a business like this, I think they just need time to experience those things and then build that into your architecture. So in our in our code, we have we have um, we have ways of handling, you know, again, where you are. Um, we, we do know where the device lives. And again, and by the way, you know, certain devices have certain capabilities. Um, maybe someone has less, less hardware or less power than another device. And so maybe on one platform, we can't show all the pretty background images. Maybe we have to su suppress that for a different device. And yeah, and again, environment comes into play. I think it's just about the experience of like, we've done this enough times where we know that if you're in this location, okay, these, these things are going to be a factor. So when we go through our testing process, you know, there's our, there's our base foundation of things that we're looking for to test for, but then there's also like location specific or environmental specific things that could create problems that we also try to, to test for as well. So different devices have different prices and uh, different uh, uh, people uses different devices. Uh, so you are uh, pushing your apps into those devices. So uh, so you are trying to make uh, all the level people like from poor to rich. Uh, they are, they are, they're they're going to use uh, uh, these applications through all these devices. So it's... Mm -hmm. uh, giving giving uh, uh, the same uh, level of uh, feeling or expression uh, through all these devices is that not a very uh, tough job is a, it's, it's a very big challenge for you it's extremely difficult yeah um, yeah I think I think that what what makes this industry so interesting is that it is I don't want to say it's decentralizing. It's not not doing that, but it's um it's making content more accessible, and in some ways, I think that that's that's really important. It's also giving the control of it's giving the control back to the service provider, as opposed to in the old days or now the 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 slowly going away days of like the cable operators. I mean, listen, they have a hell of a business still. There's a lot going on there, but the but the the independent like the Netflixes control the ecosystem. They understand their customers. They know what they're interested. In. They know when they watch, you know, and what they watch. And so they're able to provide very specific types of um, benefits and they're able to target customers easier to give them what they want. Um, but yeah, I think, um, you know, I don't know if I really answered your question, but I think that everybody it's it's a it's a it's a wonderful time to be to be in this in this in this business because again like you like you said I mean there's there's all different walks of life all different types of of social you know and and economic uh, classes out there and and everybody has access to this now um, you know you could make arguments about like you know services are, are are too expensive and how many services but but you know in the old days you either signed up for this service that had all these channels that maybe maybe you only want one of those channels well now with with connected tv and ott you can just pick and choose what you want to watch and you can pick and choose a service provider if they, if this if this service provider doesn't have content that you want to watch then you don't have to you don't have to consume it as part of a package and i think that that's that's been really interesting and and by the way, I would also say that what's the big trend right now, which is happening, which is called um, it's called it's it's the acronym is FAST. They're called FAST channels, and it stands for free ad-supported streaming television. And so like Pluto TV and Roku TV, and I'm trying to think of a few others. There's a handful of them out there that provide free television. You know, they're ad-supported, but so so if you went out and bought a Roku device for thirty bucks or any device, pick a device that you that you like, go out and buy one of those devices, install Pluto TV or a, another fast channel provider, and you can get access to, you know, you can get access to a, a, an N number of different types of channels. 
And because of the fact that it's on a digital platform like that, it's not limited. So these like like a Pluto, I'll use Pluto TV as an example. Um, there's no there's no cap theoretically to how many channels that they could put into that service. So there's 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 content for everybody. It's free, and and it's it's been it's been the barriers of of entry in terms of you know to your point cost maybe or access to um, high speed internet or, or even just cable services. As long as people have internet um, and they can get these devices, they can get access to the content now. So how fast uh, you are in understanding uh, the connectivity between software and hardware? For different devices well so there the, again i mean we don't we don't dig too deep into the weeds we work very closely with the manufacturers so when we run into problems or you know and by the way most of these companies will provide what's called an sdk um, or an adk which is a it's it's for developers it's for developers to utilize and when you're building with it you you are building within the parameters of the of the hardware um, but if we do run into issues, we we have again we have folks on their side that we contact and we work together to resolve issues and and so you know between those two things we can tend to get most most of the issues resolved. We don't really get too deep into the hardware on our side. You know our 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 job is to take what the tools that these companies are providing us that we know have been tested and that work on the existing hardware and and build the apps you know, and build the apps for it. But, you know, there, you know, one of the things that I'll say is like with, with smart TVs, smart TVs specifically, you know, like your Samsung Tizen and your, you know, your LG and your Vizios, sometimes those, I mean, I mean, there's even within smart TVs, there's no consistency, right? Like each one of the smart independent, in, independent smart TV manufacturers have their own process of development they have their own environments like there's no there's no standardization anywhere um but a lot of times like the players that we use to actually like when you click play and you start watching the video a lot of time those players will have different issues depending on you know what you're trying to do and where you are in the world to your point earlier and so that can be difficult so that's that's a lot of times where like if i'm just trying to think of one thing that always requires us to get on a phone with a manufacturer it's usually when we're like trying to play video or we're like we're maybe what we're doing is um you know if we're doing digital rights management or protecting the content you know from you know from just being watched when they're not supposed to be watching it you know um that's a big thing nowadays a lot of times that that stuff tends to be more difficult to integrate and so we have to get on with you know and work with the companies to figure that stuff out but most of the time you know, it's uh, as long as it's part of their SDKs, we're we're in good shape. So, uh, do other apps uh, approach you, or you approach other apps? Um, well, so so the so we our um, service providers will generally reach out to us, and and you know I should also say that when when we when we create relationships with the manufacturers, um, generally speaking the media companies that want to get on those platforms will contact them first and they'll say, Hey, Samsung, we're, we want, we want to, you know, we've got this great library of content. We want to be on your platform. Who do we use to build the app itself? And they have like kind of an internal short list of, of companies that they'll work with. And so that's generally how we'll get connected with these companies is we're, we're, you know, we call it like just being a preferred, uh, developer um, for these for these for these companies that will you know it'll so it'll be a lot of a lot of referrals um, in terms of how we actually get engaged with a customer. Uh, India is one of the uh, uh, one of the biggest uh, content creating con uh, country in the world. So what how is this connect, uh, how is your connection with this? With with what? I'm sorry. Say that again. India, India is one of the oh. most uh, uh, topest uh, top uh, content creating uh, uh, country in the world. Yes. So how is your connection with this? Yeah. So again, we we have we um, we we've worked with a handful of uh, Indian-based content companies uh, over the years, and it's uh, it's been it's been awesome. I mean, yeah, they they are. There's India is incredible 
incredible talent, well, very well produced content. And and so all of the all of the services that we've introduced into the U.S. market um, that were primarily Indian based content providers have done really, really well. You know, all, all of the all of the expats in the U.S. that are, you know, born and raised in India, but have relocated to the U.S. There's a lot of that. Um, and that, so those folks are adopting those services. And it's it's yeah, those 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 brands do really well. So uh, before 12 years, uh, internet was not this uh, wider. Uh, today, uh, it reached everywhere. Uh, today, uh, uh, the content creating apps reached everywhere in the planet. Almost everybody is using. Uh, out of uh, 10, 8, 8 to 7 people are using, having their own devices, watching it from anywhere, sitting in the car, bike, uh, bus, you know. So... Uh, giving that user experience, the, the, the best experience and uh, making them feel satisfied and uh, 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 working very hard. And uh, it's it's really very, very tough for you to be consistent and uh, to give the quality service. How uh, you managed it? So when when you get um, when you get enough of a of a of a pool of customers that are servicing, that are creating, that have a service that are being, that's being distributed in, in, to enough devices in enough locations, patterns start to emerge of what are, what are the things that work really, really well. It doesn't matter about what type of content that you have or anything else. Like you can, you can really strip it down to say, there's, there's a, there's a handful of things that all services need to do really well and load quickly you know, find again, easy to navigate, all that type of stuff. And so it really just comes from being in the trenches, learning, working with working with the customers. Each of our of our customers and our clients have teams that do tons of research on this to figure out, you know, what are the best features based on the type of content that we have and where we're delivering this content. What are the best features for our audience? And so again, like we collect all this information from all of our customers and we we look for the patterns. And then and that's all that information has been funneled into our product offering. So you, you know, you could look at it and go, you know, everything that's in here theoretically should work really well for all of our customers wherever they are, whatever device and for you know, for any type of audience. So it's really just about having the data and and finding the patterns and then and then pu- roll, uh, and then pushing that into your product offering and then just making sure that you know all those all those points are are hit you know so have you worked with uh, starlink starlink yeah we we have not worked directly with them perhaps indirectly with one of their um, is that is is that an is that an uh, MVPD or a cable provider, or a satellite? It's an company? internet. Uh, oh, internet. Internet ISP. Provider. Yeah, no, I don't have any experience with with them directly that I know of. So, uh, which application is uh, are doing well? Um, gosh, that's a great question. I it's uh. It's you know when you say well, it really depends on how the services are are being utilized. So some companies use OTT services as as a complementary offering to you know maybe they're still being distributed on cable cable services uh, or cable networks and they're but they use OTT as kind of a um, a place where they put maybe like a different type of content or they have exclusive content on the on the devices on the app and then in other cases we have brands that are you know really just like going to market with this is the only thing that they're doing and 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 it's their only it's their only aspect of their business model and um we have so we have those types of companies all over the place we actually have we also work with a lot of like faith-based service providers so they just want all and all their when when you say are you doing well when they all all they care about is making sure that that the congregation, all their members, get access to maybe the services on Sunday or something like that. So it really depends on what the what the goals of the business are, and, and they're very broad. 
But I, I would say that the brands that are just looking to, you know, bring a great library of content to the market and monetize it through advertising and or subscription services are doing extremely well. Um, you know, Crackle TV is a brand that we had worked with in the past. We have worked with NBC Sports. Um, all these brands have done extremely well in OTT. We've, we've done even music channels. So there's a service provider called Tidal Music in the U.S. that has uh, we've developed applications for. Um, you know, a lot of the big, but we did all of the the Viacom, like the 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 Comedy Central, um, the Nickelodeon channels, all that stuff in the U.S. and and those brands have done extremely well on OTT over the years. So what next? What you're going to do next? Well, so um, you know my uh, my time at uh, at Float Left is 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 slowly coming to an end. Um, so I think it's probably appropriate to end with that. I I've uh, I will be exiting the company at the end of the month um, to because what's happened is, and I should just say, in in 2019, Float Left was acquired. And the, the business, um, the, the, the company that acquired Float Left is called iMedia Brands. iMedia Brands is now creating what's called iMedia Digital Services. And, um, and so that unit is now taking the Float Left brand and technology, infusing it into a whole different type of, um, I mean, still OTT, still going to be focused on OTT. Um, but going to be doing a lot of really interesting things with retail data and other types of, of analytics information. But I mean, but, you know, again, to be clear, float left will, will persist even without me. Um, but it's been, a, it's been a hell of a journey for me. So for me, what's next is I'm building a consulting business. I'm working with entrepreneurs, helping them become better, helping them build better brands focus really right now on solopreneurs, trying to help them get businesses established and working just more as a mentor, a strategic coach. And, and I'm really excited about all that. You know, I've got, I learned a lot from working at Float Left for all these years and, and learning on my own of how to be an executive, how to be a CEO and how to be a good leader. So I'm really trying to funnel all that into uh, helping the next, the next group of, of entrepreneurs that are coming up. So you started it? Uh, it we, uh, February 1st, I will be officially out in the marketplace um, promoting and, and doing all that. But uh, right now I'm just finalizing, finalizing a few things, trying to figure out exactly who my target audience is and, and you know, getting my branding done and, and all that. Um, you know, l learning LinkedIn. We got connected through LinkedIn. So um, really trying to figure out the 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 ins and outs and the intricacies of that platform. That's been it's been really great. But it's it, what's really cool for me is and exciting is the stuff that I'm doing. Like I'm building my own business for for myself. So I'm kind of now a solopreneur. I'm becoming a solopreneur. So I'm really excited about taking everything that I'm learning from my own journey and funneling that into LinkedIn and then building an audience that way and saying, hey guys, like I'm. I'm doing all this work. I'm trying to figure these things out. And again, feeding that back to people that are behind me, just like other people ahead of me that I'm following that I really admire and think are doing a great job. So it's, again, it's like I'm kind of like on a similar journey that my customers would be potentially or my clients would be. So it's it's really exciting. So how many mediums are uh, uh, you, you going, uh, you're going to use it uh, in order to give this service and what are those services um so so right now i mean the the the, the basic um the handfuls of services right now is essentially going to just be coaching um and just some sort of strategic consulting service right so you know and and and, and also there's going to be an element of personal branding in that as well so helping a solopreneur uh, I kind of not not crazy about that term. There, I think you know there are entrepreneurs, but one man, one person entrepreneurs or one person businesses that um, have a great idea, have a passionate founder. Somebody's really excited about you know things, but just need to kind of get out of their own head. Uh, just need to understand. Okay, like let's take this great idea and let's just kind of go through this this process of getting it on paper. What's your strategy? Just giving them tips and and helpful uh, guidance to help them kind of craft their 
their message, their narrative, who are who are they as a person, um, and ultimately as a brand, why would anybody want to listen to this person, right? So helping them get established in in who they are and who they want to present to the world, and then really just come up with some strategy around like and like for things like process, you know, automation, how to help them scale, how to help them um, really work through a lot of the really difficult things, how to come up with content marketing and how to how to work LinkedIn and all of these things that they're going to need to know. So that's really what we'll be I'll be doing in in the um, in the beginning with with most people. I'm sure uh, your experience to them, uh, the the new entrepreneurs, uh, the solo entrepreneurs, uh, uh, you know, who are going to start the business, are listening to you, understanding and taking uh, your advices and mm -hmm. uh, implementing it in their own business. I'm sure they're going to create a lot of wealth because you have uh, you have seen the great things already. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, like I said, I have a lot of experience. I've made a lot of mistakes, um, which which gives me just more more data to share with people. And like I said, I'm just really passionate. I've always felt like, gosh, I wish I had a mentor. I wish I had an advisor. I think back in the beginning of the of my of my early days, if I had that that coach, that person that I could just bounce ideas off of and just get you know feedback from, I, the the path would have been still difficult, but not as painful. And I feel like I feel like it's almost a responsibility of mine now to take everything that I've learned and, and really try to apply it to help other people. So that's really my goal. So uh, this this episode will be played on, even on the podcast and different platforms. Can you uh, tell your uh, brand name? You you still didn't fix any brand name or any. You you want to announce it officially on February first, but uh, uh, if it plays on. Uh, uh, on podcast, uh, they can reach, uh, their, your links. Yeah. So, things. yeah. So the website will be, will be Thomas Schaefer.co, uh, is, is my, is my, is the website company name. Um, the, the, the company is actually called Thomas Schaefer and company. And, you know, I think, you know, whether I'll create another brand from that or not, but I feel like that is probably just going to be, and I've gotten a lot of feedback on that. Like, no, you cannot name your, your company, Thomas Schaefer and company. It's like, well, listen, naming things is really hard and, uh, I don't have a lot of time and you know, what the heck, like, you know, 2022 was the year where we just say, screw it. We're just going to do it. And, uh, so that's what's, that's what the company name is as of today, but the website will be Thomas Schaefer.co and I'll have a very simple, brief description of all the services and a, a form that people can reach out to me and contact me if they think that that there's something that I can help them with. So, you want to give service to uh, all the country people? Yes, yes, for sure. Um, I say that now. Uh, maybe that'll change in 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 the future, depending on scheduling and everything. But I, I mean, at this point. I want to get in, you know, in front of as many people as possible. And if there's someone in another part of the world that needs some help, and I can give it to them, I would love to figure that out and how to how to work with them. Uh, can you spell your website? Sure, Thomas T H O M A S S is Schaefer. So Thomas S C H A E F F E R dot C O. Thomas Schaefer dot C O. Awesome. Uh, I'm sure uh, uh, in the in the next business of yours, uh, uh, you're growing. Uh, you uh, you will create uh, uh, more impact than uh, with the experience that you already have, and also uh, like it's a, it's an inspiration for uh, for a lot of people who will be watching and listening to our conversation because you started as an engineer and uh, you studied in a college and uh, you you came step by step without any business experience. Uh, you went very far. Uh, you you saw everything you uh, your, the work that you did reached uh, millions of people so that's a that's a great achievement for any human being so I'm sure uh, the in, in the, the the next business that you are going to start uh, is going to do more than what you did before mm. and uh, with the with the with the understanding that you have with the software and hardware and I'm sure uh, uh, the team that you hire or the people who comes with you will add value and uh, uh, make you uh, reach uh, more than what you reached before. So that was uh, a very, very nice thing to say. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I really do. It was a pleasure meeting you. 
And I think you're a heck of an interviewer. I got to be honest, like, I don't know how you were asking these questions. Um, really, really great job. It was a pleasure to meet you. And I, I thank you for your time. Yeah. So uh, I want your observation. Uh, you saw a lot of content uh, with your eyes in your experience and, and, and all the platforms that you worked and uh, that you saw. So what do you say uh, about my videos? Have you seen any videos of mine? I, you know, I, if I'm, I'm being honest, I just started to get into it. Um, I, I think you, you definitely have the thumbnail figured out. I started watching a couple of, of uh, I started watching a couple of those interviews and I think, I think you got a really great thing going on here. I think you just need to, and how long have you been doing this? From, uh, from last one year after COVID, okay. when, when COVID started, I started doing this. And so, so you can relate to how much you're learning as, as this process is going forward. I think you got a great thing going on here and I think you're just going to keep getting better. But I, again, I think from what I've seen already, I think it's, it's, uh, it's great. Yeah. You know, it's a very casual kind of, you know, conversation. And I think the format is great and I think you're doing a great job. Just keep doing uh, it, did, man. I did master's in software engineering. Okay. And, uh, I did uh, a graduate bachelor's in uh, uh, computer science and engineering. And I, I also trained as cloud engineer, AWS cloud engineer. And uh, uh, I just wanted to understand uh, what uh, the great experts like you who are already in the IT industry. I didn't work in IT. I want to work. Uh, I want to understand what exactly uh, uh, how things uh, works in the industry, how people uh, in the industry are thinking. So if you saw my uh, interviews on YouTube, I did more than 450 plus interviews in last 300 days, 350 days. Like every day, three to four interviews. All are extremely uh, influential people, uh, experienced, and uh, you know their experiences will directly uh, create. Uh, uh, you know, impact on the newcomers or people. I got a uh, lot of uh, subscribers very fast and I got, uh, uh, I reached very fast. Uh, I have a lot of interviews coming uh, in next That's days great. also. So That's I never great. thought this, uh, but I, I got success very fast because of this. I know you, you've got some heavy hitter technologists on your podcast, uh, on your podcast or your video cast. Um, really cool. And I mean, yeah, it's great. And I think like th this is an area where y you don't have access to, to a lot of these people and it's just the folks that are kind of doing the thing each day and you're hearing it directly from them, the challenges that they're facing. I think that that's incredibly valuable, especially for people, like you said, that are, that are trying to get, a, get their start in the industry somewhere and can kind of hear it directly from the experts, I think is awesome. So Keep it up, man. Doing a heck of a job. <laughs> yeah. So, thank you, and, and, and by the way, it's what, what time is it for you now? Is it like what six, seven o'clock or something? It's it's nine twenty p.m. in South India. I'm, I live in Hyderabad city. Okay. Well, thanks for staying up late, and and sorry about the weird snafu that we had with our calendar getting this thing set up. I don't know how I don't know how that happened, but anyway. It's, it's I, 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 I happen to be up at like I, I happen to be up really late for some reason. I don't know why, but I was doing some work and I saw the uh, the 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 notification come in that you and I had a call in a half an hour and it was like, you know, two o'clock in the morning or something. I'm like, uh, I don't know. This is I think we got this thing screwed up here, but I'm glad we got it worked out. So it's a great opportunity for me to uh, know you and uh, the work that you are doing and also telling about the work that you did and the experiences that you had. Uh, definitely it will help a lot of people and also it will help uh, uh, the newcomers who wants to start their business, uh, uh, not only from US, there will be a lot of people who will be watching this uh, and listening to our conversation from India or from any country. I have a uh, uh, universe, I mean, uh, for, from, from uh, uh, people from all, all other countries. I'm sure uh, they will listen to you and, uh, uh, you know, definitely your advisors, uh, your valuable advisors will help them in uh, growing their business. Oh, that's great. I mean, that's that's why I wanted to do this. So I, I hope I can, I hope I can, um, yeah, help anybody out there in any way. Can I put this video on my YouTube channel with your permission? Of course, yep. Uh,
can i also put this audio and video clip on my pod- podcast website internet social media everywhere with your permission yep so thank you tom uh, keep doing keep doing what you love same here and, and same to you thank you sai it was great great to speak with you yeah bye bye